Jim Butler was a neat, neat man from our church in Indiana. And Jim Butler was, and his wife Bev, were these deeply spiritual people. Bev had this unique ability that when I preached or did anything on a Sunday morning, you could look out, and Bev had what I called peaceful eyes. She'd just look at you, and she could, peace would just like pour inside of you. And Jim and Bev were praying people. I knew that I could call them up, and they would immediately, they had this couch right outside their kitchen um, in their dining room area, and I could always visualize the two of them holding hands and kneeling at that couch and praying for us. And Jim Butler um, financed the very first um, missions trip of our youth group because we talked about going on this missions trip to the inner city of Chicago, and he knew that he was receiving this check that um, he was supposed to get. And so he told Bev, he said, when that check comes, we're going to give that money to the youth group so they can go on that missions trip. And he thought the check was going to be for $75. And when he got the check, it was for $750. And um, he said, I had a crisis of belief. But he gave that money, and that was the majority of the money we got for that first mission trip, and he basically financed it. But one of the things that he said after watching the youth group go on those missions trips for a couple of years is he said, I want to go on a missions trip, Pastor Jim. Now you have to understand that Jim and Bev, they were retired people. He had been um, an Air Force navigator and uh, flown planes. He drove his car like it was a plane, you know, very fast. And it was always kind of scary. Um, he says, we want to go on a missions trip. So I, I made this weekend missions trip, and the adults were going to go up and work in the same center that we worked in in inner city Chicago. And uh, Jim and Bev went, and it was going to be really neat. And our big project was that we were going to pour a whole bunch of concrete in the basement of this place called Inner City Impact so that they could have a better place to store all the junk that people give organizations like them. And we were getting ready to pour concrete, and uh, the phone rang there. This would have been pre-cell phones, and this guy kind of starts wandering through the building. He says, hey, I'm just working today. The phone's been ringing off the hook. Are you Jim Koenig? And I said, yes. He said, you need to call this number. So I called that number, and it was one of Jim and Bev's children. All four of their children attended the church. And... uh, the phone call went like this. Jim, you need to talk to mom and dad because Jonathan's been in a head-on car collision and we don't know if he's going to make it. I was like 26 at the time, maybe 27. And I'm thinking, how do you share information like this with anyone? And so I went into the room and I pulled Jim and Bev aside, and I said, I have some bad news. Jonathan's been in a car accident, and they don't know how he's going to do. And the family would like you to come back. And immediately, without hesitation, Jim Butler quoted Psalm 121. That was the default in his life. 
That was the place where he lived. And that has become my default because it was Jim's default. Not because I, I found it in Scripture one day and, oh, you know, that kind of experience. It's become my default because this very godly couple who I deeply, deeply love. That was the default of their life. These were the verses that he quoted. I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You know, there's other great gym stories, and maybe they'll come out in this message. But I was just so touched by that. So as Fred sat in my office, and we were praying, Angela, do you know what was the first thing that came to my mind? Psalm 121. I will go to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And as we're going through this really crazy experience where you can't find toilet paper anywhere in the whole world. <laughs> what? So, yeah. You know, it just it's a crazy time, isn't it? We need to go to the mountains because that's where our help comes from. This is an interesting psalm. This is a psalm that's a part of a series of psalms. They're called the Psalms of Ascent, which were the songs that, remember that several times of the year, the people of Israel were called back to the capital, to Jerusalem, for a festival. And there would be songs that they would sing. These would be their road trip songs. And they'd sing these songs and they'd go, this would be the, as they ascended. Because whenever you talk about Israel, and if, even if you talk about people that are, are moving there today to get back to their homeland, they're always called the ascenders. And the reason they're called the ascenders is because it doesn't matter which direction you go from in that peninsula, that that Egypt is that Israel is a part of when you're going to Jerusalem no matter what direction you go you always go up in elevation it's kind of like going to Lake Placid no matter what direction you come from you uh, you go up to Lake Placid so when he talks about I will look I will lift my eyes to the hills he was always thinking about I'm thinking about Zion I'm thinking about where I'm going I, I'm thinking about my destination. As I ascend to that location, I lift my eyes to the hills because that's where my help comes from. You know, we need to lift our eyes right now, don't we? Because I, I want to tell you something really important. You're not home yet. This isn't our home. Yes, we are, are trying to, in this tent experience, in this exile experience of just kind of being in the world today, we realize that our home is heaven, and our hope always has to be in heaven. I'm going to lift my eyes to heaven. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do what we need to prepare. We, we bought a little extra toilet paper, you know? You know? Doesn't mean that we're not thinking through things. I've been working really hard at, you know, shaking people's elbows. You know, there are things that we need to think through, but I think that we need to remember and we need to have a clear picture that God has to be the default of our lives because it isn't that so for everyone. Where does your help come from? Well, here's a list of some people's help. Some people's help comes from speed dial. 
Whenever I'm in trouble, I phone a friend. It's like we're playing who wants to be a millionaire all the time. And immediately, whenever they struggle, they, they, they feel like they got to call someone. I am a very connected person. Um, several of you have received phone calls this week as we made decisions about what we were going to do for our church. Uh, I phoned a ministry team. That was one of the things on my list. But I also know that there are going to be these moments in every single one of our lives where we're going to get on that list of our favorites or whatever, and nobody's going to be available. And the voice of God is going to whisper and say, this is my moment. This is when I want to be that. Some people, that's their source of help. Google. Google can about drive you nuts right now. You know? My, my sister works in the medical field, and she says, the scariest patient is the one who Googles too much before they go to see the doctor. But Google is a great help. There's a lot of things that Google can do. Maybe even Siri. You can talk to your phone. Hey, Siri, where can I get things? You know, Siri will talk back to you. You know, but that's where some people's source of help is. Facebook, you know. Facebook is some people's source of help. That's how they make decisions. Based on what's trending on Facebook. You know. Other people, Amazon Prime is their source of help. Let's face it. How can you live in the Adirondacks without Amazon Prime, right? <laughs> you know? You know it, it, it is, it's our source of help. You, you all have this discussion, don't you? I could go to Plattsburgh. They might have it. But then i got to eat out. And I've got that, oh, it's only $10 more in Prime. I'll just pick it up that way. You know, we do that. I can remember coming here and eating tires, and somebody said, just go to Tire Rocket and have the, the, the tires shipped to your house. And I felt like I would be somehow, I don't know, doing something immoral to a guy that put tires on. Because isn't he supposed to sell them to me too? So I went over to the place that works on my car, and they go, I need tires. And he goes, yeah, just follow our link on Tire Rack, and they'll drop ship them to you. You know, it's just a different world, but Amazon Prime is that. For other people, um, it's a 24-hour news cycle. You pick your station, they'll pick your crisis. Right? <laughs> you know? And I'm very scared and very saddened as your pastor that we live in such a divided world. That our president can talk about his plan and immediately all he can talk about is why it's wrong. Everybody's smarter than everybody and we're getting nothing done. But the 24-hour news, it came in, CNN started it, and, and now there's like 14 channels. You can watch news all day, all the time, and have an ulcer. You know? But every one of these things are, are, are sources of help for people around us. They're quoting one of these things all the time, aren't they? But where is our help come from? And how is God our help? I think, oh, Netflix is, you know, that's, that's some people's help. The best thing to do is if you're upset about anything is to binge on Netflix and just delay it, right? Some people jump into a bottle. Other people pop pills. Some people have, have natural ways of taking care of these things, you know? 
um, that are soon going to be legal. Uh, I was at a meeting and they said, we live in a weird world where 20 years ago, if you had something in a baggie, you were put in jail for that. Now, what's in the baggie is legal, but the baggie is illegal. (laughs) That's the world we live in. It's crazy, isn't it? How can God help, though? I think as you continue to read in this psalm, there are several things that it tells us about God and how He can be our help. Why He can be the default of our life. Why He is helpful to us. And here they are. First of all, God brings stability. He will not let your foot slip. That's what Scripture says. God can bring stability. That doesn't mean that we don't need to do our part. God hasn't asked us to get rid of our brain and use it. But God has asked us to partner with Him. Much like a marriage. You know, I know that the best half of my brain is in Nancy's head. Okay? But God hasn't asked us to take our heads off in the middle of this. But realize this, that God is our stability. Many of you know this. How many times have you been distracted or something happens and you almost are in an accident and you really feel like the hand of God just kind of took care of everything? In this moment, God can bring stability because He won't let our foot stumble. He won't let us fall. So how can God help? He brings stability. But He is also available. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Isn't that good to know? God does not fall asleep at the wheel. He doesn't. That's not his experience. That's not how things go. God is not distracted like you and I are by the other things in life. You know, have you ever missed something just simply because you were looking over here and it's happening over there? That's not it. God is always available. And people don't believe this. And even believers at times fall into this lie that says, well, you know, I just don't know if God has time for my, my, my problem. You know, I, I, I decided to take care of this on my own because I didn't want to bother God with it. Well, scary. But we need to know that. God is available. So we know that he can help us because he brings stability. We know that he can help us because he's available. As you read on, it says, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand, and the sun will not harm you by day. Now, we had the opportunity to travel to Israel four years ago, right about this time. And the one thing that we noticed about Israel is it was a lot like North Dakota. There are no trees there. And it's warm there. And there is a sense that at times you didn't realize how wonderful shade was until you would be walking through a place like En Gedi where, where David ran from Saul. And, and it would just be these open, it looked kind of like a gravel pit is what you felt like you were in. And occasionally you'd come across a little tree or, or that there would be just the way that there'd be a shade from the sun and you'd look and naturally there's always a crowd of people in those places. Why? Because there was relief there. 
when they were ascending to Israel, when they were ascending to Jerusalem, there would be lots of times that they would be walking through these valleys and these canyons, over these hills, and be completely unprotected. And so that's why this idea is, because God is going to increase our endurance. You know, a little shade and all of a sudden you can walk a little further, right? A little sun protection makes the whole difference. And God is that protection. There are going to be those times that all of a sudden God steps in and we're going to have a little bit more strength than we realize. And God is going to give us a little more endurance than we realize. And, and we'll have those conversations, those honest conversations with people. Have you ever had those? that They say, I just don't know how much more I can handle. And I know a God that knows exactly how much you can handle. But I know that sometimes what He does is He doesn't just give us relief. He gives us the ability to endure more than we ever could before. So what do we know about how God can help? He brings stability. He's available. He increases our endurance. But as you read on, it said, God provides protection nor the moon by night. Now, uh, I used to jokingly say when I was younger, because I wasn't really into sunbathing, I'd say I, I, I prefer moonbathing because you don't have to wear sunscreen then. But they would be unprotected at night. And they would actually be more nervous when the moon was bright than when the moon was barely there. You see, if you had to sleep in an unprotected place, the last thing you want is this light shining over you so everybody can see where you are. God provides protection. Sometimes when we feel incredibly exposed. There are going to be moments over the next couple of weeks where you're going to feel very exposed. You're, you're going to be doing your best practices and you're going to try to take care of everything. And all of a sudden, either you're going to sneeze on someone or someone is going to sneeze on you. They're not going to mean to do it, but something's going to happen. You're going to be somewhere and you're going to think about something. And you need to realize that God is in the process of protecting us. That doesn't mean you don't need to follow the things that the CDC is saying. You know, I've seen one or two churches that says you can't forsake the gathering together, so we're not going to let the government tell us what to do. Well, you're dumb. Because we can't be foolish in this moment. God created people that understand science, and we need to listen to them. This moment isn't about getting rid of this thing. It's about doing something called flattening. That's why they're making these crazy decisions, it seems like, to us. They're just trying to stretch this out so that our systems can endure it. That's what this moment is about. But God can provide protection. So you don't get a moon burn. So, God brings stability. God is available. He increases our endurance. He provides protection. But as you read on in the passage, it says this, The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. 
the thing that we need to understand about God is this, is he's not tied to a certain geography like, oh, you stepped outside of the protection of God. You know, you know, there isn't a sign that says you are now leaving God's protection. No. He's not limited by geography. He's not limited by time. It's not like we can help you from this hour to this hour. Have you ever had that experience? And, and you showed up just a little bit late? And you can see the people in there, you know, and you could get what you need. But they're like, you know, they're doing that to you. God's helps without limitation. You need to know that. Okay? And because of his grace, God helps even when we don't deserve to be helped. Praise God. You know, have you ever known that you're kind of like, I don't know, freelancing and dancing as close. You know, it says that, that we're protected in the center of his hand, and you know that you're dancing on the end of the thumb going, I want to see how far, you know, just kind of like the kid who is told, stay in this room, and so they'll stand by the doorway as close as they can. We do that in our Christian lives. But God's protection isn't based on our behavior. It's based on his love. God helps without limitation. So, how can God help? He's going to bring stability. Some of you are going to get anxious, okay? The best thing you probably can do at that point is turn off the TV. Stop listening to the radio for a little bit. Pick up something else. Maybe a Bible. You know? Turn on some good Christian music. I can remember that we were kind of stressed out after Wilma. And we were like 10 or 11 days, something like that, without power. And uh, we found out the neighbor had power. Okay, And we were watching the neighbor's kids while they worked. And I was starting to have a little bit of an attitude about this. So finally, like on day six, they said, hey, we have power. Would you like some power? Yes, we would. So you plugged in through three very important things. Your refrigerator a fan, and your TV. And, and, and I said to Nancy, I just want to find something funny. You know, that's what I wanted to watch. And all they would, all the, every channel was news, except for the religious channel, and it had on a Billy Graham crusade. And I'm like, I do not want to watch Billy Graham. I'm sorry, God, I love you and everything, but, you know, but we started watching it, was worship music and it was doing something beautiful in our souls and then their power went out and the went off and it was like god i was watching (laughs) (laughs) but i think every one of us needs to have a playlist that's what jim that's what jim had in his life jim butler had a playlist so that when crisis came he had play, and Psalm 121 came out. Maybe there's some scriptures you need. Uh, you need to build this default into your life so that God can do what he can do. So, remember, life is a road trip. This is an interesting part of the journey. We, we never realize that this is going to be a part of the journey. But every road trip needs 
music, doesn't it? It needs a playlist. And so I encourage you to put together a good playlist of, of information. You know, it can't just be Journey and Foreigner 4, okay? You know, it, it's got to be some things that help and soothe your mind. Psalm 121, I think it should be on your playlist. You know, this most tragic moment in that church when I was there was the morning that I got a call from one of Jim and Bev's kids. And Jim and Bev had died together in a carbon monoxide accident in their home. And I can remember that Sunday standing at the pulpit and being asked to pray for that family. And I looked down, and the shoes I had on my feet, Jim Butler had bought me. See, a couple years before that, there had been, Nancy had had this horrible accident and totaled a car that we'd finally paid for. You know how that is? And we really couldn't afford another car. And the church didn't realize our need, and nobody asked anything about it. But Nancy's family came together, and all of them gave us money so we could buy a car. So I was having a little bit of an attitude at the time. And something had come up in an elder meeting where they were talking about how they could save money, and it just bugged me. And so I kind of spoke a little bit harshly in that meeting. And, and Jim and Bev were serving with the elder board at the time, and Bev came to me afterwards, and she goes, Jim, I noticed that you were a little bit upset. Is there a story you need to tell us? And I said, well, I've been trying not to say anything. Well, you said a lot, Jim. (laughs) And so I explained the story of what had happened, and they felt horrible. And so Jim Butler came to my office the next week, and he said, Jim, I've been looking at your shoes. You need new shoes. And I said, well, I have these really wide feet. I said, and he says, yeah, I know, you wear those, those, those. He says, I have this special magazine. He said, I have wide feet too. And he gave me the magazine and said, pick out a pair. I want to buy you a pair of shoes. And for the next couple years, every six months, Jim would come into my office with a new pair of shoes. And the moment that I had to pray for him, I looked down at my feet. And I was wearing shoes that love gave me. I don't know what God's going to do in the midst of this. But I truly believe that we're going to have unique opportunities to clothe and love and care for people. But the most important thing that we can do during this time is take care of ourselves first. And so you need to be reminded to lift your eyes to the hills, to where your help comes from. Because your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's pray. Dear God, we can play out this moment and wonder, what are you going to do? And what are you doing?
and yet we cry out to you. We cry out to you and we say, God, few deaths, God, few people tragically touched by this coronavirus, not just in the United States, but in the world. God, level-headedness, give us level-headedness. Help us to know and discern what voices to listen to, to do the wisest things. God, we pray these things that Scripture says that you will do. And we pray that those things would be true in our lives. That you would be the one that protects us and cares for us. So that we have this assurance at this moment that's not very easy at all. That you will meet us in our time of need. I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room and maybe those listening to this podcast that struggle with fear, and I pray that you would release them from fear, especially if they're your child. And if they're not your child today, God, I pray that they would seriously consider all that you did for us on the cross. And they would ask you to be their Savior so that on the inside, as you bring this interior change to us, they would have straight and power that they've never had before to walk in days like this. And God, would you please open our eyes during these days so that we can see how you are working and where you are working? And God, would we say yes to the things that you call us to do as your people? We pray all of this in your name. Amen.